And I remember just immediately trying to defend myself, trying to, I remember getting against the stucco wall and kind of like, I remember the tearing of my skin at that point in time. So many things that we know happened was he shot at her car because there's a pellet holes in the back of her car. Tiki torches marching down the streets of Charlottesville, her white hoods and robes are what most people associate with hate. But what about the people who are actually targeted by hate groups? African Americans are the biggest targets for hate crimes in the United States, but members of the LGBT community, Muslims, Jews, Latinos, and so many other groups are attacked for their identities every single day. I'm Storm Jones, this is Hate in America. News 21 fellow Brandon Bounds takes us into the lives of some victims of hate crimes in America and shows us how these acts don't just hurt the victims, but the entire community. The thing that kind of really scared me, we were putting our patio furniture away for the summer. And we look in the cushion, there's two pellet holes. There's like two little BB holes. And I'm like, was, you know, like, man, like this guy's just shooting everywhere. He shot out the uh, lights on my pedestal. This is Antonio Baker. He lives with his wife in Pennsylvania, along with their two kids. Robert Kujawa was their neighbor. He lived next door to them for seven years. Seemed like a normal guy at first until one day Biafra noticed something really strange. Um, just he would often um, open up his blinds and take his screen, screen out. out. Yeah, his screen out of his window. And he would actually sit and, and just watch me or watch my but, children. And, like when, um, when we were in the backyard or something. Yeah, the backyard. Yeah. That wasn't the only thing that happened. The oldest son one day was playing outside and found something quite unusual. I, he found a bag and there were um, female um, sex toys in it. Um, some items that were in it, and he did pick it up, and he said, Mom, what's this? And where it was um, placed was exactly where they would have to get into the opening of the trampoline. So, you know, we saw that. It didn't stop there. Antonio found 14 cigarette butts outside on the porch and then a bag of dog waste outside on the trampoline. When we found the 14 cigarette butts, that were right in the middle of our step in the front. On the porch. On the porch. Uh, we were like, this is, you know, we know who this is. Turns out that all of this was coming from their neighbor, Robert. The family did put up a fence to try to keep him out, but things kept happening. First, it was their pool. Liner. Yeah. You know, we had our pool for two years, and all of a sudden the the water would go down to just a couple of feet. Yeah, yeah, like it. Yeah, we're like every time we would close it, and then it, we would just lose water throughout the the summer months. And I'm like, why is that happening? And then once we decided to get a new liner, we saw slash marks in it. Yeah. So, you know. And then the trampoline. Our trampoline. Yeah. Had um, burn marks in it. You know, somebody, it looked like somebody took a lighter and, and it just, yeah, it just it, melted. Yeah, the plastic um, melts and you can see it's melted around. Then one of the kids got hurt. My um, youngest son was out in our back patio 
and he was running and I remember telling him, come on, put some shoes on, you know, you're outside. And he ran and he goes, mom, I cut myself and he's bleeding. And I look and it's a chunk of glass yeah. in our patio. And I'm like, we didn't break anything. A chunk of glass and he slit his foot. Turns out Robert threw glass bottles onto the lawn, leaving shattered glass all over the place. Biafra was helping her kids get ready for school one day, and then Robert was standing outside the house, swearing at them. I was like, I had to keep going outside, trying to get my children ready for school. Their bus was going to come right. within a half hour, and every time I would walk out my house, I was being called a name. And then finally, it, it was like, you know what? No one is going to believe that this is happening unless I record this. Biafra took out her phone and started recording. But then they kept coming back. And I just kept my camera there. And you could, you see where he ended up saying, exposing himself yeah. and making derogatory terms. But then that's when things got worse. Right before that was the first time that he said the N-word to us. Yeah. And... I remember it like it was yesterday when he, he called us that name, uh, me, my children and I, he called us that name, and then he said, yeah, I said it. You guys are nothing but the N-word. And at that point, I was like, wow. The Bethlehem Township Police Department arrested Robert in 2017 and charged him with harassment and ethnic intimidation. He's now facing two to four years in state prison. People who are victims of hate tend to experience trauma long after. Rusty Andandre can attest to that. To be chosen as a person to be victimized just based on your perceived qualities, the, the immutable traits, is to me, one of the most unnerving and unstabilizing thing you can go through, uh, because it tells you that who you are in your very existence is not uh, worthy of dignity, it's not worthy of protection, it's not worthy of respect. He remembered exactly how he felt. <laughs> like that first night, I just remember coming home, trying to figure out, you know, you're physically broken, emotionally broken, and I came up and I went upstairs here, got into bed and just like cried and didn't know what to do. Rusty is a gay man. He lives in Utah, the same place where he was attacked three years ago, shortly after hanging with friends. We had been at a friend's house, uh, basically near downtown. We'd been there to have dinner and celebrate my birthday. They made dinner for me at their house, and uh, we were just kind of hanging out, drinking wine, enjoying the evening, um, really just bonding as friends. Rusty walked home with his friend Maxwell later that night. Maxwell and I walked from their garage back toward my garage. It was icy outside and I was holding the cake and I think I had a gift in my other hand and we kind of locked arms as we were walking just because I was wearing nice shoes and didn't want to slip on the ice. When they got there, Rusty saw two men he didn't recognize. And then as we began to cross, I remember seeing that there were two guys standing in front of my garage door. In a nutshell, you know, I told them they needed to get out of there. It's, you know, this is my house. And that was when he's like, I remember saying, do you want a problem, faggot? The men shouted gay slurs at them. The next thing Rusty remembers was being on the ground after getting hit. I th really think it was the next step was when I got hit and basically knocked to the ground right away. And I remember just immediately trying to defend myself, trying to, I remember getting 
against the stucco wall and kind of like I remember the tearing of my skin at that point in time. The guys left. Rusty was still on the ground. His stuff was everywhere. There's all of our stuff all over the ground and these guys, I, I, they had started to like take off. The police didn't make an arrest. The two guys were charged with assault, but there was no hate crime charge. The incident left Rusty overwhelmed and emotional. I remember feeling like my teeth were knocked loose and my, I, I couldn't sleep. And I, it's just like the most horrific feeling at that point in time. And, and you just have no idea what happens next. At that time, he felt really scared. And it's a shameful feeling. You know, it's one where you don't know how to tell people what you need because you don't know what you need. All you know is the world is really scary at that point in time. And hopes that no one else has to go through the same thing he experienced three years ago. I, you know, when I look in the mirror and I smile and I see that my tooth that's dead from the impact of that hit, you know, that's never going to come back. But I don't want to see other people that have to experience the same pain and suffering. Brandon Bounds produced this chapter. News 21 fellows Jimmy Jackson, Connor Murphy, Abby Bitterman, and Rebecca Walters also contributed to the reporting. Hate in America is part of a larger project produced by Carnegie Knight News 21, an investigative program headquartered at the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Mass Communication in Phoenix, Arizona. This year's project was produced in partnership with ProPublica's Documenting Hate Initiative. To submit a report about a hate incident, visit ProPublica.org. In the next chapter... Anybody who loves religious liberty and loves freedom of speech should hate hate crime legislation.